I'm just listening to you just uh, spout your BS. Um, what? And uh, exactly what? sure uh, what you want for this uh, today. Uh, so you got to relay that to me because uh, you t- you it doesn't go off until nine hours from now, ten hours from now, whatever. So there's plenty of time. About? Powerball. Well, you know the tickets that we could have. One one point five or one point six million, you know, it, it, it's for now. You know, we can't win that, right? Uh, well, sure, I understand that, but it's still in the millions. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> but but we lost out on the billions. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's it was it was a one point six billion dollar chance that you had, if not more. So. Uh, well, three people was, hit it, so, you know. Three lucky, yeah, three lucky people. See, three lucky people out of how many people who actually played that, um, the but, odds but, were but, astronomical. And uh, what can I tell you? It could have been five. I got you, I sent you your, your picks up the tickets to make sure that you knew that I got your tickets and just didn't take your money uh, or whatever. The, um, the, the, first, and, the first one you and, did. Serious mistrust issues, but that's okay. That's all right. <laughs> there is no, 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 no. There are no mistrust issues. It's an insurance policy, just in case we had to go to court. Yeah. That's, 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 that's mistrust issue, but that's okay. That's all right. No, no, Jerry. I understand. I understand. No, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> now, if Mama Taylor was there, then I, I'd know that I wouldn't have to get pictures. But you well, know, it, Mama Taylor wasn't you know, there. You're gonna, Go there with that, right? You're gonna go there with that. (laughs) Unless I have somebody looking over my shoulder. Is that what you're telling me? No, just mom, just mom, just mom. Like I said, trust issues, but that's okay. I've only we've only been been associated with each other for six years. Um, I I know. I can't. I know. I I trust you with so much, but 1.6 billion. Let's rephrase that. You trust me, but so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, listen, 
$1.6 billion has a way of changing a person's outlook on everything. But you, my friend, you, my friend, I would never I'm, think you would. I'm as me. trustworthy as it could possibly be. I'm probably at a, at a fault. Uh, when I say I'm going to do something um, and money, because of that amount of money, wouldn't play an issue because the simple fact is with that amount of money, everybody's going to be satisfied. Everyone's going yeah. to be satisfied, more than satisfied. So um, that's right. There will be no issue at all. I got you, brother. Well, let's get to the business, okay? So today, Jerry and I will discuss the NFL divisional round of the playoffs and mm-hmm. their, well, their importance on history in the NFL. Uh, also, we're going to, uh, I guess, I promised you guys we would talk about our rankings. And this week, I'm going to discuss my top 10 DBs, and Jerry's going to discuss his top 10 or top 25, I should say, QBs for the preseason. Um, We made some bold, well, Jerry did, some bold, outrageous uh, predictions for quarterbacks. Um, I made some pretty decent and, you know, maybe not the best uh, decisions on some of my DBs, but neither one of us could predict the amount of injuries that would affect – players this year it was outrageous but uh we're going to discuss that but can Rodgers keep Palmer winless in the playoffs will the broken pats do it again versus Smith and the Chiefs can Manning come back to lead the Broncos to a win over the highly injury injury riddled Steelers and lastly can Cam Newton and the Panthers chew on the Seahawks and beat them one more time. Also, last topic of the day, maybe the first one. There's football in LA. The Rams and Chargers are headed to LA. We want to know your thoughts on this happening, okay? If you want to call in, I haven't done this in a long time. If you want to call in dial three four seven six three seven three two two zero. Again, if you want to get involved in the conversation, dial three four seven Six three seven three two two zero. We also have our chat room wide open, so if you want to do that, you can always go to Fantasy Sports and Politics. Uh, excuse me, blogtalkradio.com forward slash v i c h b k, and uh, click on the live show. The chat room will open, and we will discuss whatever it is that. Is on your mind. I got you on my mind. I, I, I don't really know how the song goes, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Just, just, don't, just don't do it, please. Really? Really, bro? I thought really? he was on my really? side. Really? Whatever. So anyway, JTATM Money. Um, let's start with a relatively easy subject. Um, Rams and Chargers to L.A. Uh, well, the mayor of St. Louis says right now he does not have an appetite for another team to come back to St. Louis after the way and the shoddy dealings that the St. Louis Rams, now L.A. Rams, uh, fed the city. 
Okay, San Diego is definitely not a big market. Definitely not a place that is, um, you know, a, a big sports town. It's a big military town for the Navy, but not a big sports town. So it's not like they're really missing too much uh, by losing a team. But are they now the L.A. Chargers, and, or do they change their name? So let's talk about this. What are your thoughts on the Rams and the Chargers heading to L.A.? Well, we know for sure that the Rams are on. Um, that was uh, ratified. That's definitely going to happen. They already changed their name to the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, the San Diego Chargers and the, uh, uh, depending on, it, it's a clause. They got $100 million from the league uh, if they stay in San Diego. Um, it, and But they still have the option that they can join the L.A. Rams uh, in the new stadium when it's, when it's finally uh, come to fruition. And I guess uh, um, there's a time timetable for that. Uh, if they don't, in turn, take that uh, uh, offer and go to L.A. and be the L.A. Chargers, um, then uh, uh, Oakland Raiders got another $100 million, if I'm not mistaken, from the league uh, in the same vein as the uh, San Diego Chargers. Uh, we'll take uh, take it up. Have it have a, have a uh, a choice to go and join the L.A. Rams. So it's up in the air. There's going to be a second tenant uh, with the Rams, but right now it's the L.A. Rams uh, all by themselves in this. And, and I think it's thing going back to L.A. Uh, even though St. Louis uh, is a great uh, football city and Missouri is a great uh, football state. I'll tell you that um, Oakland needs $100 million for the stadium. Um, I'm not sure what they'll use the money on, but they need $100 million to uh, definitely give the Coliseum, not the Coliseum, I'm sorry, um, to give, uh, I forgot what it's called. Oh, my goodness. Well, anyway, the Oakland Stadium been there several times. It's a good venue for football to view, but the amenities could definitely be upgraded. Definitely. Um, for example, and I'm not sure if I've said this on this show before, but every time uh, I go to the Oakland um, Stadium, I would have to use the restroom, and it's a um, it's like a, a trough to to pee. I'm not joking. It's a trough. You you stand up there with several other guys, and you you go, and it's a trough. It's a stream of everybody's urine just flowing down the trough. And I mean, dude, it, very it outdated. Use, yes, extremely, and that's just that area. Um, but it is what it is. $100 million is $100 million. Uh, I see we have a caller on the line, so I'll bring them in real quick as soon as they have a question. Um, hopefully it's about this topic. Caller from the 973 area code, welcome to Fantasy Sports and Politics. Please state your name. And your- this, is, this is Jeff. Uh, you know me. It's, this is Jeff. 
What's going on, Jeff? Uh, Stem stuff. Uh, <laughs> I, I have to call out Jerry a little bit because he said uh, St. Louis was a good uh, football town. I think that's debatable. Um, it, it, uh, it's a, I've heard from many sources it's a great baseball town. And for football, if the team wins, people show up. I mean, yep. in some cities, they show up win or lose. And in St. Louis and Los Angeles, fans only show up if the team wins. You can't blame them. Uh, and the the Rams, going back to their later years in Los Angeles, it, something like since 1990 have only had four winning seasons. So other than the very you know relatively brief Kurt Warner era as the St. Louis Rams, They've just been losing like crazy, and this this is the second team that that they have lost, and uh, uh, it, so it, it's debatable. And the, St. Louis is probably one of the largest cities without an NBA team. So, other than baseball, I don't know how good of a sports town it is. I can agree with that because the St. Louis Blues, the hockey team is pretty much irrelevant right now as well, too. Um, I, listen, I think that the Rams have a good opportunity to become a uh, a spotlight team if they win. Because if you remember, when both the Rams and the Raiders were in Oakland, I mean, not in Oakland, in L.A., the Coliseum would be half full. That's a college stadium. You know, which is rather large because most college stadiums hold like a hundred some thousand people. Um, whereas the NFL, most stadiums are like sixty to seventy thousand. I believe Jerry uh, World and FedEx are the two largest stadiums. Um, so to see a team leave St. Louis and only leave them with two major sports franchises. It, uh, one, the revenue is going to kill that city. The loss of the revenue is going to kill that city um, because you have jobs that won't be there. You have uh, businesses that won't be able to flourish. Uh, the city's already riddled with many, many problems, but at the same time, they didn't have a winner, as Jeff just said. Baseball is what they come out for because baseball has a bunch of winners. You know, St. Louis was in the World Series like every other year, you know, before Buster Posey and the, and the uh, Giants decided they wanted to take up that mantle. You know, um, I, I don't know what it is about St. Louis that people leave them time and time again. You know, the St. Louis Cardinals went to Arizona the St. Louis Rams. I mean, I, I don't know. Georgia Frontieri, when she passed away, I think that's when all this whole we have to move out of St. Louis business came about. Um, but we really haven't talked about San Diego. You know, uh, Rivers does not like the big city and things like that. He homeschools his children, his six to eight all children. Eight of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All eight of his children. <laughs> And now he's moving to a place 
that is pretty much like Sin City. Um, and San Diego is actually a very good place for him and his family. He said he didn't want to go, but he re-upped with San Diego. So I don't know, Jerry and Jeff, if San Diego plans on moving to L.A. Because they they invested a lot of money in in Phillip, and they don't have a viable backup right now. And coming in the draft, that means you're going to take a team to L.A. with Rivers for maybe a year or two and try to develop somebody that's in this current draft coming up. And right now, to be honest, uh, I don't like the quarterbacks coming in in this draft. I really don't. I mean, they're okay. They're okay, but they're not a a franchise uh leading quarterback in this draft, in my opinion. Well, I know one so, team is going to be drafting the quarterback. I know that for sure. And that's going to be Dallas, probably. Or No, 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 uh, Cleveland. I'm sorry. Cleveland. I know. Well, I know three. Let me put it this way. Then. I know three teams that are definitely going to be looking to draft a quarterback. You named two Name of them. Dallas. Cleveland, Dallas, back of Tony Romo. Cleveland. Um, and uh, my Houston Texans. Number now, y'all one getting priority. RG3. Y'all getting RG3. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, it, it's a viable option, but uh, uh, Hackenberger from um, Penn State is going into the draft who flourished under uh, Bill O'Brien in Penn State. So um, there's a strong possibility that those two match up again with each other. So, And he's a pro-style quarterback, so that uh, groomed under – Bill O'Brien. So there's a strong possibility that if he's available when uh, in a certain slot, that uh, uh, the Texans are going to go after uh, a quarterback. May not be the first option. May not be in round one, but they're going. They're going to draft a quarterback. I guarantee it. Maybe Jeff and a runner. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. I hear that Arian Foster is probably out of there too. Um, but Jeff. Uh, it's good to have you on the Saturday show. Have, haven't had you on here in quite some time. But uh, with your new head coach, former offensive coordinator, I don't know if he's still going to pull that duty, do you think the Giants are going to be in the market to get a decent backup for uh, Eli, just in Funny case? you should say. Now, uh, first of all, <laughs> uh, 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 McAdoo at the press conference, yeah, uh, what we would say up in North Jersey, he looked like a Gavone. He looked like he should have oh, a cup in his hand. And, you know, there's a lot of Italian <laughs> folks in North Jersey. I'm not one of them. I grew right. up in a few different neighborhoods. I, one was very Italian. Uh, I, I was the Meyer Lansky of Columbus School in Lodi, New Jersey. I, ra- I ran all the baseball card action on that playground. No oh my joke. God. Okay. Oh my so, God. And, and there's this tradition. I mean, it's not, it's an overgeneralization, but for some reason, Jewish people and Italian people tend to get along very well. I don't know why it's that greed. is. Yeah. It's greed. Yeah. Greed. Yeah. A little bit. I don't know. A little bit. A little bit. You know? So, and you know, so you grow up. Uh, most Jewish people know some Italian terms, and most Italian people know some Yiddish. Then you know that's what my grandparents spoke. You know, of course mind, they they knew English too. So mind, mind and muscle yeah. go together. But you know, we, you know, but but both groups have some of both. So, mm-hmm. but no, he looked 
it looked like McAdoo's Taylor was Omar the tent maker. I mean, come on. Oh Is he trying oh to be the next Belichick? I swear, look at the video. He, you know, he, he really looks like a bum. So um, th- there's other ways that the Giants could have retained him as offensive coordinator uh, and, and hired somebody a little more qualified to be the head coach. It's funny. There's a New York guy who got screwed, possibly got screwed out of the jet jobs last year, was uh, uh, Doug Marone. Because all of a sudden, everybody went, what? went nuts because one of his former assistants was talking smack about him. Even the nicest and most successful people will have at least one detractor. So, um, I, I don't know. I would have been more comfortable with Marone as head coach than uh, McAdoo. Uh, he looks like he might be the next Ray Hanley. Okay. Um, oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that, that's so, a real, that's that a big like, diss. But, uh, I, I, and, and, uh, for example, and NFL teams do this years ago. Uh, this was a long time ago, but not too long. The Redskins, they had uh, when uh, Gibbons was, uh, Gibbs, I'm sorry, when Gibbs second time around, he was the head coach. I guess they wanted to secure the services of Greg, Greg Williams as defensive coordinator, and teams were interested in him. And I think they might have given him bonuses to stay, and they put in his contract, they wouldn't guarantee him the head coaching job when Gibbs left, but it said that if he didn't get the job, he'd get a $2 million payout. See, if the Giants were that concerned about McAdoo, they could have done something like that. Um, so So there's ways to keep him. I think they got played by the Eagles because the Eagles, they interviewed Coughlin, because they wanted to pump him for information. So, yeah, what information does he have after three straight losing seasons? He he told them what players didn't wash their jock and, and who wore white oh after Labor God. Day and how much he <laughs> fined these guys. Because that's all he's good for. You know, he you know he plays yep. pocket pool while while the ballerina girl runs amok. Okay, and and then <laughs> so they they interview <laughs> McAdoo. So Philly interviews McAdoo. They're probably pumping him for information, and then the Giants wet themselves and hire a guy who's underqualified because they're afraid he's going to take the Philly job. Um, they, I'm telling you, I think the Giants got played. Uh, uh, I, I, I don't get it, you know. So, but uh, yep. hope for the hope for the best yep. for Mac do. Yeah. Have too much faith in this uh, um, uh, this new coach that you got for the Giants. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just it, you know he's been there coordinator for two years. Okay, Eli's numbers improved. Okay, he doesn't come across to me as having the personality of a head coach. One thing I noticed, um, like, like myself, he's left-handed. He holds a pen funny, and the whole game he's just holding a pen right and on his play sheet the whole game. So it's it, it, it's very easy to remember that he's left-handed. Just something I noticed. Um, wow. Not not a big thing, but get, getting back to what um, Vic was saying about the Giants drafting a quarterback. Okay, now I'm going to bring in my bias. Uh, I, I want them. In a couple oh, you didn't of years. have it before. <laughs> yeah, I'll bring in some more bias. You know who? He's he's about three years away. I love Josh Rosen, the, the in uh, the quarterback at UCLA. Um, yeah. That kid. I mean, 
you want to talk about an 18 year old kid being NFL ready? I mean, he, I mean, he, he's, it's like he's throwing darts. Um, you know, I love watching him play. And you know what? If the Giants drafted him to take Eli's place in three years, I'd be very happy. Um, but uh, Rosen looks like a winner. I think though he needs a little more. He's got to fill out a little, you know, because. Uh, I mean, he's tall, but he's too skinny. And, you know, you, I think, you know, like uh, when I see a quarterback, he should be built like Russell Wilson, you know, real solid, you know. doesn't matter if you're short. You, you want to be solid so you can take all those hits. Um, but the, I've noticed, very similar to the Packers, you know, uh, when during the very long Brett Favre era, almost every other season the Packers would draft a quarterback, usually in the middle round, and because – there was no guarantee Favre was going to continue to, you know, his streak. You know, you don't know because the way he played, it was it was surprising. He was able to go all those years without missing a game. So a backup quarterback is a good investment. Uh, believe me, some NFL teams learned that this season. So yes. they would, you know, mid-round draft picks. Uh, and, and, you know, the guys, you know, it, it's good to have depth at any position, especially that position. And, you know, they'd show him off a little bit in the preseason and mop-up duty. And then, so, you know, the Packers are the only uh, publicly held team, uh, and they're a very well-run business. Before their contract expires, they would trade him away to other teams, so they're getting somebody for him. It was it was a business move. Uh, Mark Brunel was one of them. They got two draft picks for Brunel. I think they might have gotten a first round pick when they traded Hasselbeck to Seattle and, and there were a few others. Um, Aaron Brooks, they drafted, traded a couple of years later. It, it, and I think that's what the giants are trying to do. Uh, their, their recent drafts have been pretty poor. So, um, you know, I'll tell you, one of the, the best backup quarterbacks they ever had was uh, Jared Lorenzen. Cause, uh, you know, they, they could have used him as a backup offensive lineman. That guy was something else. And now he's trying to play in this minor indoor league as a 300-plus pound quarterback. Um, that guy was one of a kind, uh, still is. So, uh, you know, I, I don't have a problem in a team with an established starter to, you know, invest mid-round picks in uh, in a backup quarterback. Uh, I have no problem with it. So, uh it's tough. I think, though, with the Packers, they finally drafted a guy who was going to take Favre's place when they drafted Rodgers. And I don't think they thought he was going to sit for three years, but, you know, that guy was the real McCoy. And he, he it worked out perfect. He dropped in the draft, and he was too good to pass up, and it worked out very well for that franchise, needless to say. Jeff, you you are in rare form. You know, I I am I am surprised, st- shocked, astonished, and and you don't listen Thursday, man. <laughs> Jerry, shut up, Jerry. You know, you know I'm working when y'all are on air, so I can't just downright listen or call in all the time. But um, <clears throat> excuse me, it's it's good to have him on. So we're gonna have a three person perspective of these four NFL divisional playoff games. Mm-hmm. So with that being said. We're going to jump right into it, and we're going to save uh, your breakdown and my breakdown of our individual players later. And now that we have Jeff on the line, he can be the uh, the uh, independent, 
you know, person to discuss what we what we ranked. But let's talk about the first game on my docket here. I want to talk about Seattle versus uh, Carolina first because this game isn't getting that much publicity, at least where I am. Now, Marshawn Lynch, not going to play. Uh, oh, I don't know. He's Kevin, supposed to play. Okay, because what I'm hearing is that uh, did he catch the plane to uh, Arizona? Yep. I mean, excuse me. Yep. He caught the plane. He Okay. He caught yep. the plane caught the to uh, Carolina. Plane. He's in Carolina. All right. Well, that's a good sign. Um, but I don't think it's good enough to beat the Panthers. Uh, excuse me. I'm going to tell you right now. Josh Norman is is, an, is Richard Sherman all over again, except um, with, with a bat in his hand. So I, I think Carolina can shut down the passing attack of Seattle, even though Russell has been hot over the past couple of weeks. And uh, Doug Baldwin also last week or, or last time they played, um, you know, he didn't do too much. But the fact that he and Lockett have come out of pretty much nowhere to help this team uh, to become a, a – resurgent uh, NFL uh, Super Bowl contender because it looked like they were dead in the water for a little while there with no run game to speak of other than the rookie Rawls and Rawls went down. Then he went out, went out got Christian Michael and all this other stuff. Um, but Russell Wilson stepped up and, and won the day for them. Now, Cam Newton, he needs this game if he's going to be the MVP of the league. I'm only saying this because I can recall when Dante Culpepper was doing the same type of stuff and Peyton Manning got MVP of the league. I can remember when Steve McNair was doing the same type of stuff and had to share the MVP with Peyton Manning. Now, everybody's been touting Tom Brady all year saying he's been doing so much with so little. I, I, I will say this. Cam Newton's done the same thing. He lost his top wide receiver even before the season started. Greg Olson is just as good as Gronk this year. Their running game isn't spectacular. Neither is New England's. And both have the strength of the defense. However, I actually think the Panthers' defense is better than the Patriots'. Let's flip over to the Seattle Seahawks defense. Cam Chancellor sits out like with the first three games, and they see that, uh, well, their backup safety isn't as good as they thought it would be. Kerry Williams is doing decent. I really don't know why they, they cut him. I think it was because of an attitude issue. But the defense just wasn't good enough for whatever reason, even with Bobby Wagner in the middle. Now they're they're heating up a little bit. You know, they're heating up just a little bit. Cam Chancellor has gotten back into to form. Uh Earl Thomas is being Earl Thomas. The defensive line is getting pressure. This is gonna be a tough, tough game, gentlemen. Um I'm gonna tell you, quite honestly, the only person in daily fantasy that I'm picking in this game 
is going to be Greg Olson. Last time they played, he had seven catches for over 100 yards and a touchdown. Um, but I, I'm not going to stick my neck out there with Marshawn Lynch. Not at, not at the price that it cost to, to play him. Um, and he might not play. So real quick, Jeff, give me your thoughts on it, then follow that up by Jerry. Yeah, uh, uh, it looks to be an excellent game. Uh, uh, before the playoffs, I'm looking to see who's hot because, uh, well, the last two Giants Super Bowl champions, they weren't great regular season teams, but they got hot at the right time. And the two hot teams going into the playoffs were Seattle, you know, of course, with a ton of ex- talent and uh, a lot of good experience. And then uh, on, in the other conference was Kansas City. Those are the hot teams. And Carolina, what do they go, 15-1? and one? I, I can't remember the last time a 15-1 and one team was getting so little respect. So that, that looks to me like a you know great possible game. I agree. I agree 110%. Who do you have winning the game? Mm, you know, I hate to say it, Seattle's just so hot, I'd, I'd, I'd probably go with them. And I think their identity is changing. Uh think they're becoming more of a passing team and maybe less of a ball control team and less of a defensive team and hey you know whatever wins you know so uh something to look look into uh you know next season uh, how their identity uh evolves all right jt you're up two tough teams um uh carolina seems to play seattle very well the last time they played Seattle, if I'm not mistaken, they beat them in, in Seattle, if I'm not mistaken. I could, I'm pretty sure about that. Uh, Cam Newton and company are playing tough. Uh, the uh, Seattle Seahawks are top five, top three, really, in, in preventing fantasy points against the quarterback, running back, and wide receiver position. Their weakness, and it's been like that all season, is defending against the tight end. And, Vic, you're right. I think Greg Olson's in for a big game. Obviously, he had a big game last time they played. I think he's going to have another big game. They just they just don't have an answer to cover the tight end. Um, the last three games, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Atlanta, um, the last game they played uh, uh, on the regular season uh, against um, – who was it against? I'm trying to think who it was against – let me put it this way. The last three games they played, and I'm talking about Carolina, um, I think the opposing offense scored close to 30 points, if not more. So I'm a little worried about Carolina's defense. They were stout majority of the season, but in the later part of the season, they, they had been getting points scored against them. I think this uh, uh, bye may have helped them quite a bit to get healthy and regroup, give them two weeks to, to – a plan against Seattle. Um, they're favored by three points at home. Um, Carolina weakness looks like defending against a running back position where they're um, 19th uh, versus in the top 10 in preventing uh, fantasy points in the quarterback, running back, and in the tight end position. So they can be run on. Uh, but they're playing home, well-rested. Seattle's second – Second game on the road, and I think they haven't won a a second road game um, ever, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong about that, but I, it's, I think it's been a few years since they won a 
uh, consecutive road game in the playoffs. I like Carolina in a close game uh, and a really physical game, but I like Carolina at home. All right. Uh, I like them at home as well. Let's move on to the next game, which is, uh, and you almost talked about it right there at the end. I I caught you. Uh, Packers versus Cardinals. Now, listen, I posted a video because I lost a bet. I had to tell Redskins Nation to R-E-L-A-X, relax, because we suck. But so the Packers. Now, they, they got healthy. They got they healthy against us. At least we scored a touchdown, bro. What happened to Houston? But that's a different loss, story. They, and they got – And loss is a loss. You know what? Lose by – Lose by thirty points, fifteen points, or eight points. You, you or lose, if you, you don't go home. score. But what? if you don't score, it's even worse. Thirty points. You lose by thirty points. Thirty to nothing. Yeah, I know. And so does the world. But anyway, <laughs> so the Packers. No joke. <laughs> so, so the Packers got healthy versus the Redskins, and listen, the Packers came. In the second half and said, you know what, we're going to blitz Kirk Cousins and he's going to wilt under the pressure. And he did. The Redskins stopped running Alfred Morris for whatever reason. I have no idea why. Um, Let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. And Devontae – wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold, hold your thought. And Devontae Adams discovered he could catch again. James Jones discovered he could catch again. Um, a lot of blown coverages there as well, too. I do not believe that is going to happen with Arizona. I believe Arizona is going to totally mollywop Green Bay <laughs> again. I don't know what the what what the what the Yiddish and Italian term for mollywop is, but I'm quite sure Jeff is going to tell us in a minute. But I, I truly believe that Aaron Rodgers, his receivers are going to get hit so hard they're going to develop alligator arms again um, and won't be in the places they need to be. But, JT, you wanted to speak on this first, so go ahead. Well, I have to think. And, and it's a um, don't, believe, don't believe what you just saw when they played Redskins versus the uh, Green Bay Packers and what the Packers did. This is what I think happened. Second half adjustment, they said – um, enough. Uh, enough is enough. We're gonna go no no huddle. We're not gonna allow Washington to make th- that many uh, um, defensive adjustments, and we're going to play hurry up, uh, and wear out the Washington defense, and put quite naturally, you said it before, put pressure on Kurt, Kurt Cousins, and that worked to perfection. They wore they warded the defense out, um, and once you, once defenses backs especially start getting tired. Uh, you get a lot of, like you said, blown coverages, and that's what happened. Um, that won't happen with the uh, Arizona Cardinals. They've seen that picture before, and, and they know what the ending is. So um, that won't happen with the Arizona Cardinals. So it may have worked against a team that had, had a suspect defense and a um, really sus- suspect um, quarterback, uh, especially pressure-wise. 
And but it won't help ha- happen with an experienced quarterback like uh, Carson Palmer, experienced def- uh, defense and offense as in the Arizona Cardinals uh, playing in Arizona. Uh, I-, I don't think so. And and my other question, and my other thing I want to ask you, Vic, is uh, it looks like they're going to resign Kirk Cousins rather than let him go completely to free agency. Uh, you think that's a good move? Um, I'll tell you right now, for $20 million a year, um, because that's what will happen if they franchise him, right? Kurt is no dummy, and we just lost Jeff for whatever reason. Um, Kurt is no dummy. I think that Kirk will take the money and put us in a hole again. Um, you like that? You like that? You know, shut up, dude. Really? Um, you sound like Randall Cobb right now. Uh, you like that? No. I I think that Kirk is a very good quarterback. I really do. Jeff is back. Um, I think Kirk is a good quarterback. Is he a franchise quarterback that I'm going to pay 20 mil a year to? No. I mean, if you think about it, he's like Flacco, okay? But Flacco's better. Flacco's won I, a championship. So I, I, well, that, 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 I just said that. Flacco was better. You know, Flacco was given the reins of the of the uh, horses in, in Baltimore, and Ray Rice ends up knocking out his girlfriend and gets exiled from the NFL, and then you have to find a running game. And then you have your all your receivers get hurt, and all the receivers are terrible. So – even though, you know, Kirk did well the last half of the season, if you notice, there were several times where they could have thrown the ball to Deshaun Jackson down the field, middle of the field, and, and up the sideline. He opted to take the short route into the coverage in that Green Bay Packer game. It's not the first time. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. But he's like a Jeff Garcia. No, Jeff Garcia is better. He is more of an Alex Smith managing quarterback. And look what it took to get Alex to get a touchdown to a receiver. It took him four, no, three to four years in Kansas City in order to do that. Now, I'm not saying that Kurt does not know how to throw to a receiver because obviously he does. But he's making Jordan Reed all world. And Jordan is is pretty daggone good, but teams are going to start to take that away from him. And it's going to help force him to go deep. I would play, if, if I were a defensive coach going against Kirk Cousins, I would pressure him and play uh, man-to-man off coverage. Cover one. Cover one. Meaning, I'm going to give the receiver some cushion. Because I know that I can cover him downfield because the ball's not going downfield. It's not going past 30 yards. And I would damn sure make sure to bump the tight end all the way as far as I can, and I would cover the running back. Hell, I'll let Deshaun Jackson go downfield 60 yards one-on-one, knowing the ball's not going to get there to him without my DB having time to cover it because I know Kurt can't throw it. 
Um, I know this isn't the topic of, of the game, but it, it proved out last week or last Saturday against um, or last Sunday against uh, Green Bay. Now, Arizona, their DBs are, are solid, okay? Patrick Peterson, one-on-one, he's going to take Randall Cobb out of the game quite possibly, unless they put Randall Cobb in the backfield a lot like uh, they did against the Skins. Um, Eddie Lacy, busted ribs. There's really, and I'm noticing this too, there's really no confidence in, in um, old boy, uh, James Starks, because he kept putting the ball on the ground. And he had a decent game versus the Skins, but it wasn't that effective as, as it could have been. You know, um, as I said, Devontae Adams found a way to catch the ball again. I don't know where that was all year. He's but, out this but, And see, see, you know, and that means James Jones is going to step up again with his hoodie. And it ain't even cold in Arizona. It's indoors. Roof is closed. But he's got that, you know, that, that not a jinx, but a uh, a uh, superstition. Lucky, lucky, yeah, superstition. Yeah. Lucky piece of clothing. Yeah, about about the hoodie, which is cool. But that's mm-hmm. not going to help him. He's not going to catch the ball with that hoodie. He could if he opened it up and, and you know, Aaron threw it that way, but he's not going to catch it that way. But the point is that Arizona is going to pretty much demolish them. And fantasy-wise, for daily fantasy, you know, this is actually, other than Peyton Manning, and we're, we'll get to that game in a minute, but other than Peyton Manning, uh, Carson Palmer should be, excuse me, everybody's fantasy uh, roster other than Peyton Manning because those are the two quarterbacks, in my opinion, that are going to have stellar games this week. Not to mention, I think Arizona is going to face Denver in the Super Bowl, but uh, we haven't gotten there yet. But these – I don't think Aaron's going to have a good game. He might go over 200, but not by much. Um. But I think Carson is going to find a way to get the ball to fit. This bye week has really helped Michael Floyd. You know, he's been dealing with some issues. John Brown is still good. That dude, Mr. Johnson, he he's – look, I don't know if, if Chris Johnson is going to get his job back. Andre Ellington definitely not getting his job back. But this kid, uh, Johnson, he's a bruiser and he's got speed. And he hasn't put the ball on the ground. So that's a winning combination for me with a strong defense that they have. Man, uh, Arizona's going to destroy him. That's the way I feel about it. And Kirk Cousins, you know, only because of the value of what's out there right now. And my boy RG3 left that wonderful message for all his Redskins friends to see. Um, You know, they got to pay Kirk because there's nothing out there to bring in that's better than Kurt at this point. So it's a necessity thing. It's not the fact that he deserves it. It's a necessity. He already knows the playbook. Um, He's done decent with it. But honestly, I'm going to tell you the truth. Give me Brock Osweiler over Kurt. I'll take Brock 
over Kurt right now. Um, and that, that's that's just the way I am about it. Um, and I'm a Skins fan, but Jeff, real quick, uh, tell us what you think about this Arizona Green Bay Packer game. Excuse me, I got I got disconnected before. I'm on my home phone, which is a piece of junk. Um, I'm I'm gonna have to go in a minute. Uh, I'll tell you, I mean, the Packers were ice cold going in. They beat a Redskin team that really didn't deserve to be in the playoffs, but because they were in a weak division, they made it. But a win's a win. I'll tell you, Arizona looks very impressive on both sides of the ball. Uh, unfortunately, they're missing uh, Tyron Matthew, but uh, still a lot of talent on that team. I, I think uh, the one guy who's irreplaceable is uh, Carson Palmer. Um, uh, I'll tell you that in the NFL, it, you know, you got to – well, it, 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 you almost have to have an elite quarterback, and paying a good quarterback elite money isn't going to make him elite. Uh, but it's tough because – I mean, Cousins is good. He's not great. What else is out there? So I guess they're going to roll the dice with Cousins. Um, I'll tell you, when Cousins is who I think of, I, I think the NFL draft should be in a, a, abolished. It's a, uh, it's a restraint of free trade. And I'll tell you, if I was him, I would have been ticked off because he was drafted to be a backup. And the only reason he, he got a chance to start was because uh, Griffin got hurt because – as long as Griffin was healthy, there was no chance that Cousins was going to beat him out. And, uh, you know, RG3 is going to move on. And I think he's he might be a, a bad quarterback, but he's not a bad guy. He's not, you know, an immature jerk like a Manziel. And maybe uh, he could resurrect his career somewhere else. And uh, I'll tell you, he's shown a lot of class. Can't remember the last time, uh, you know, someone of his stature was uh, – didn't dress for almost an entire season. I mean, hey, he was getting paid good money to hold a clipboard, but uh, he you know, kept the clipboard, his mouth shut and did the right thing. He wasn't even holding a clipboard. Colt McCoy's holding a clipboard. Yeah, he was in street right. clothes, just standing there talking to people. And you know something? Uh, and and Jerry shouldn't have brought this up because uh, he's going to take me off topic. But um, it was appalling to me the way he got treated, Uh, even though I understand why they did it. They did it because they didn't want to pay him that extra money because had he got hurt during a game, they would have owed him tons and tons of dollars, which is – I got it, which is a huge amount of money to give somebody that has no faith in. Um, The point is, is that he was on the sideline cheering on the team, as Jeff said, showing class. His aunt and uncle, on the other hand, wearing the RG3 Dallas Cowboy homemade jerseys, not so much. But, you know, I, I think he would take a year of being behind Tony Romo because he knows Tony Romo's going to get hurt at some point during the year, and he's going to play. So... uh I can see him going to Dallas and having several revenge games versus Daniel Snyder and the Washington Redskins. And on those games, I would become an RG3 fan, not a Dallas Cowboy fan, but an RG3 fan. Um, I think that 
the organization did him wrong. I think that uh, some of his teammates might have also done him wrong uh, by the things that were whispered. You can't hold him. Well, listen, I'm saying that RG3, you know, he said some things that he probably shouldn't have said in the way that he said them. But saying that you you think you're the best... You and I talked about how how much his mouth ran when he should have kept his mouth shut. I got it. I, I got it. However, um, when he did say some of those things, they were truthful and they were exuding confidence. You don't want your quarterback to say, well, I don't think I'm, I'm the best there is right now on this team. He didn't say he was the best in the NFL. He just said the best on the team. You know, and athletically, he was. But for the quarterback position, not for John Gruden and that offensive line. I don't know if you guys remember, but Duke posted something on my page, on my Facebook page. Uh, yeah, well, Gruden. I didn't say Jay or John. I just said Gruden. You just but, no, you said John. That's okay. Okay, my bad. Well, Duke had put something on my uh, Facebook page. Where you know after that Detroit Lion preseason game, and so RG three with his his uh, cap all knocked around and all that, and him looking all frustrated, saying uh, to his offensive line, "Black Lives Matter," and it's true. I mean, in a preseason game, the second preseason game at that, your projected starting quarterback gets knocked around after throwing 30 passes in a preseason game. The second preseason game with the first string offensive line not able to block the second and third string defensive line of the Detroit Lions. Kidding me? That is, that that's not, nah, nah. So, as I said, I think some of his teammates did him wrong, as well as some of uh, the organization. But hey, it is what it is. He's going to well, move on. So is the Redskins. We got to as well. Let, Go me ask you, let me ask you real quick. There's a reason why I say he, you got to hold him accountable for that because the fact is those guys could be resentful of him, or there was something, just something underlying that was taking place, and that's why he wasn't getting. The proper the the protection he was looking for. Well, yeah, I mean, me? I, I like I said, some of those guys, you know, should be ashamed of themselves. You know, um, Trent Williams. You're he, missing what I'm he, saying. You are missing what some, I'm saying. That something was going on with the offensive something line, just the offensive line and their quarterback. That's what I'm saying. I, that yeah, you, no, you I just, got it. On the offensive line, there's got to be there was there, and, and it was too much um, <clears throat> from different directions on that team, focusing sp- specifically on RG three. That you cannot hold him um, unaccountable for what was taking place. Um, he had to be uh, part of the part of the problem, not part of the solution. <clears throat> I got it, Jerry. I got it. I got it. I, I just I just think that you know. Good for him that he's going to move on, and he's definitely going to be a quarterback somewhere in the NFL. And, you know, he might even be the Los Angeles Rams quarterback. 
because they don't have any faith in Nick Foles or Case Keenum or anybody else. That'll be a good landing spot because they'll run the rock with Todd Gurley, and that'll help him, uh, you know, set up his passing game because Jeff Fisher is going to make him run the rock. But with that being said. Four teams I can see him going to, right off the top of my head. Four teams. I mean, of course you want your Houston Texans, but let's move on. We still got – we still got two teams to talk about. Yeah, guys, I, I, I got to run. I got to run. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you, though, if uh, the Rams, they got to play three years in the Coliseum, and they'll get rid of some of those Coliseum seats so they might have a chance to sell out some games. And mm-hmm. uh, if the Rams keep going, you know, 4-12 and 12 or so every season, they'll have trouble selling tickets their first year in their new stadium. I'm not kidding because who wants to pay 100 bucks to be above the ozone looking at, uh, you know, a, a, a four-win team. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's crazy. They got to win. You know, it's 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 a winning business. That it, it, in some markets you can get away with losing, but not in uh, some towns like St. Louis and L.A. I'll catch you guys later. Take care, Bye, Bye Jeff. That was Jeff. Real real quick statistic that I put on Thursday. Quite naturally, you probably haven't heard it. Jeff, Jeff Fisher has been coaching for 21 seasons. Give me a give me a wild guess on how many winning seasons he's had. 21. I'd say he has maybe four or five actually because uh, well, six winning seasons out of 21. Yeah, I mean it's not that many. I, I know that. Mm-hmm. So well, you know, but he gets recycled. I'm just saying. I got you, brother. I feel you. I feel you. I really do. All right. So Jeff has uh, left us. Let's go to uh, Broncos Steelers. Now this game, man. <laughs> Antonio mm-hmm. Brown's down. D'Angelo yeah. Williams is down. Ben yeah. Roethlisberger admitted he has some ligament damage in his Uh-oh. throwing arm. Um, what <laughs> Peyton Manning? As I said, while Jeff was on the phone, I think Peyton, Peyton, and Carson are this week's fantasy studs. Why? Because the Steelers are going to try to run the rock with Landry Jones if uh, if Big Ben can't complete the game. Um, you're looking at Martavius Bryant. And uh, who's the other kid? Marcus Wheat. Marcus Wheat. Darius Haywood Bay. And then then if uh, Sammy Coates is activated, Sammy Coates as a number four. Now, Sammy Coates is a straight down the the field type guy who needs to develop. Yeah, straight nine. But if he can get developed, he could be a beast. But right Mm -hmm. now he's a straight nine guy. Um, mm-hmm. And with Ben's ligament damage, that doesn't help him right now. Landry Jones, he can get the ball down the field, but is he going to make the right decision? He's a former OU guy, so i got to give him the benefit of the doubt, but I don't know. But the bigger thing is, against the bigger Denver? thing is, Denver? yeah, again, that's my point. That's my point, that Denver's defense, the number one defense from start of the season to the end of the season going into the playoffs. It's not going to take much for Peyton Manning to do what he needs to do to win this game. 
because the Denver defense is going to do a lot more in this game. You know, uh, I know Tom Coughlin is going to try to do some work with these guys, but I don't know. It's going to take Jacoby Jones getting a, a kickoff return and a punt return and something else to help this team out because they're in deep doo-doo, in my opinion. They're on the road, in cold weather, bad weather, that is, a hobbled quarterback, their top receivers out, their top two running backs are out, True Font, um, or Tucson, I should say, Tucson and uh, Todman. I don't think they're going to have the same type of success this week that they had last week by far. Um, Bryant and, and Wheaton both dropped some passes last week that I know they're going to drop this week. Especially they get hit by some of those linebackers and cornerbacks uh, because Talib, uh, you have Talib and you've got Harris and then you got Ward and, and, and the linebacker. Oh my God. I hope for Ben Roethlisberger's sake, that they double-team Von Miller all game and DeMarcus Ware all game. Because if not, he's going to get slammed on that shoulder, and it's probably going to be the end of his career. I, I really think so if they play him and they try to throw the rock on this team. Um, again, I see Denver winning this handily, you know, and Peyton getting three, four touchdowns. I'm not joking when I say that. I'm not joking. I really believe so. I think Bebe is going to have a good game. I think Emmanuel is going to have a good game. I even think Vernon Davis is going to have a good game. Um, now, Ronnie Hillman and or C.J. Anderson uh, might be a little tough on them because uh, Seattle, not Seattle, Pittsburgh knows how to stop the run, but the defense is going to be on the field so much that it's going to be rough on them to stop anything or anybody. Just my observation. Your thoughts, Jerry? <sighs> no Antonio Brown. No D'Angelo Williams. Uh, you're going up against a team that's, uh, um, just like you said, the top top defense against the quarterback. Um, believe it or not, the weakness, uh, the semi-weakness, it's still top 15, but they can be run on. Um, their Achilles heel is the uh, tight end position, defending against that. Uh, I see uh, Ben Roethlisberger, who's got a bum shoulder, uh, looking for Heath Miller, which is a nice safe throw in the middle of the field, a short throw, uh, to now play a big fact. Well, that's, that's true, too, but I, I see them getting the ball out of his hands pretty quickly, and if you do that, then you're, you're talking about quick hits to uh, a slot wide receiver or, or, or a tight end. Uh, to move the chains. So that's what I'm seeing uh, out of that. And uh, um, But, like I said, no D'Angelo Williams, no Antonio Brown. That's a lot of production that's sitting on the sidelines that can't help you win a game on the road against a top defense. It'll be tough. And I, it, highly unlikely for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, who I thought were going to the Super Bowl, outside of the, the, these guys getting banged up and injured um, with some cheap shots um, last week against their division rival. Um, and I think it's 
and you see this happening a lot, Victor. Uh, you see a, a heated rivalry. If I can't move forward, I'm going to make sure some of your guys are going to get banged up and and, and uh, down the road you won't you have a lesser chance of um, moving past us or moving to the next uh, uh, past the next opponent. And I think that's what really happened. Um, and unfortunately, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who I thought were going to go to Super Bowl, are going to get stopped. Well, um, what's done is done. You can't undo it. Vontaze Burfitt nope. has a three-game nope. suspension uh, yep. starting next season for it. Uh, I apologize, A.B. Yeah, I, I saw that. Um, but it wasn't Pac-Man Jones' fault. Well, you know, it wasn't he, his fault. He, but he called him out saying he 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 uh, did a uh, um, uh, acting out of the camera. Yeah, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. You know, uh, you can't take it back. You can apologize, and he says in his video, uh, the reason why he didn't apologize earlier is because he was been doing some traveling, or whatever the case may be. I'm I'm not. I will say this, Patman uh, has grown up. He still has some stupid antics, like that 15-yard penalty on top of Burfitt's 15-yard oh. penalty. I um, can't believe that. Because, well, here's the deal. If Jeremy Hill doesn't fumble, that doesn't happen. Game's over. Cincinnati well, wins if, and advances. If, if, if. I know. I know. I know. I know. The point being... Well. Until the, that last set of um, circumstances, when Burfick decided to beat Bumfrick, and, and um, Adam Jones decided to be the uh, old Adam Jones, and uh, both of them imploded and helped the team to lose. So, well, Joey Porter actually kind of antagonized Pac-Man on that, and I can understand. Yeah, you, you're right. You're right, but it's not professional when a head coach, well, not the head coach, the defensive coordinator, uh, Doug Marone, grabs the hair of one of the Pittsburgh Steel. I mean, of one of the uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Wait, 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 wait. Listen, to what I'm trying to tell you here. When a coach puts his hands on the player. Now I get it. Yeah. It looked like he was trying to say listen, it looks like he was trying to save him from running into him or something like that. But then you see the extra tug at the end. Yep. 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 Which is and uncalled he, for. And he, for and he got flagged for it. Yeah, yes he, he did. However however, however, that sets a tone and a precedence. Okay, so no, no, they're no, pulling no. on my listen to what I'm no, saying. No, no. Listen the prior, just, the prior just, game set the tone. The prior game no, the, I got it. set the, the tone. I got it, but the coaches, the coaches teams don't should like not do it. Team Jerry. teams don't like each other. And, I got and, it. And it, they meet up, it, it's it's all out a blood and bones war, regardless of what the circumstances and who, who does what to who. When they meet up, it doesn't make a difference, the circumstances. They're, they're out for blood and bones. I got you, brother. I feel you. The only thing I will say is that when you have a uh, a coach getting involved in that blood and bones feud, then it exacerbates the situation. So that That's leads to, but 
but that also leads to Joey Porter being on the field, checking on uh, Antonio Brown, talking and, and saying stuff. Let me that's, tell you that's, all I, that's all I can tell not, you on that one. Listen to what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this. In, in, a, in a play, just with any play, okay, say uh, an offensive lineman uh, punches a defensive lineman. And the defensive lineman reacts and punches them back. Who gets a flag for it? The second. I follow that. So I said I follow that, but that doesn't okay. make Joey Porter right either, does I didn't it? Say it. Well, I didn't say it. What I yeah, that's but that's what I'm saying. Just because he's out there, I understand he's out there, but doesn't mean you have to react to him being out there. That's the officials well, are supposed to take. The officials are supposed to take care of that. When you when you um, fall into that that um, that mindset that Joey Porter wants you to fall in, then you lose your professionalism, and you're doing exactly what uh, Joey Porter or somebody else um, wants you to do. And well, your team and, paid for. It. And you know and what you think versus your team. You got to You got to control yep. your emotions. That's what. That's you're one right. of the things you got to. You're right, but the last thing I'm gonna say about this before we go to the last game is, if you look at the replay, of when Pac-Man gets flagged, wait, just listen. If you look at the replay of when Pac-Man got flagged, the offensive lineman in the background are jumping up and down saying, "We got him, we got him, we got him." So that was orchestrated. So yes. I know that's what you're saying, but if that's the case, that should have been offsetting. I would have thrown a flag if I was a ref. I would have thrown a flag on both parties. Why? Because you have a guy or a couple guys, you know, cheering on the fact that Pac-Man just got flagged and saying, we got him, we got him, we got him. Now, um, you can call that unsportsmanlike conduct. You can call that unsportsmanlike. You can call that any way you like, but he, he bumped an official. He put his hands on official. No, 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 no. that wasn't. He did that. He did. That wasn't for bumping the official. Pac-Man got fined for 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 putting his hands on an official. He would have been thrown out the game. He he would have been thrown out the game had he put his hand on the official. No, I said he He wasn't. Well, he wasn't. I thought it was that he he got a fine for it. That's for sure. Joey Porter got a fine for it, but. He, he Porter was on the field with the premise of uh, looking out for his players. Now, well, yeah, that's the premise, but what he did was instigate. Like I, said, like I said, I'm not saying Joey Porter was right, but Pac-Man Jones, it's not the first time that uh, somebody's trying to go into something. Come on, man. He's a grown-ass man. Grown-ass man I got uh, it. in a high-spirited high, um, game that there's a lot of trash talk and a lot of physical play and a lot of guys taking it to the edge in that physical play, you can't lose your cool. You you, you just got you just got uh one of your teammates just got a fifteen uh yard penalty for uh, um and just brought brought the opposition closer to uh kicking a field goal and then you exasperate the situation by getting another one now that's a thirty yard penalty. You can't you can't lose your cool, especially when you're still winning the game. You can't lose your cool. You got to be a professional, 
He's been. It's not like he. This is the first year or second year in the league. He's been. He's been in the league for quite a while. He's seen a lot. Seen ways other other players or whoever have tried to go them into, into different situations. He should have known better. Absolutely should have known. Better. I'm not saying that he didn't get goaded. He did get goaded, but he 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 fell into the into the trap, and he paid. His team paid for it, not him. His team paid for it. Well, they both did, but in the end, the team loss hurts more than the fine. But let's move on to another game because you're being disobedient. All right. <laughs> Pats. What? Pats take on the Chiefs. Pats take on the Chiefs. Now, here's the this deal. Is quick. Now, is that If Amandela doesn't play and Gronk is, is nicked up a little bit, I'm picking the Chiefs. I am picking the Chiefs to go into uh, Foxborough and or Gillette Stadium and just clean the floor with New England. I know Jeremy Macklin is going to try to go out there, but Jeremy Macklin is not going to be a factor. I believe Chris Conley is actually going to be the factor uh, at receiver when they decide to throw the ball. On the other side, I think Jamal White, for New England is going to have a pretty good game. Um, But other than that, I think the Patriots are beat up. They're woeful right now, and they're losers of uh, four of their last six games. That doesn't speak well for Bill Belichick team. Now, Belichick has been on, you know, the podium being very short with uh, his answers and, people asking them questions. So with that being said, JT, I've got to pick, I, I, I got to Kansas city's on a roll. They're hot right now. And, um, I think they're going to pull it out. What you got? I like Kansas city in this game. There's too many, uh, question marks, uh, for the, uh, um, New England Patriots. You got Brady on a high ankle sprain. You got Amendola, um, Edelman and Rob Gronkowski questionable, questionable to play. Uh, Gronk had a pain injection in his knee, dealing with uh, back issues. Edelman and, and um, Amendola dealing with the lower leg issues. I gotta believe, um, with the way that Kansas City defense has been playing, and the way they take care of the football and don't turn it over, which is one of the things that the uh, Patriots are good for taking taking advantage of that the um, um, New England Patriots are going to go down um, and uh, Kansas City Chiefs uh, extend their 11-game winning streak to 12 and go to the AFC Championship. I agree with you where they face uh, Denver, and Denver gets a little revenge. Um, With that being said, that wraps up our divisional playoff uh, uh, predictions. Uh, right now, I have the Panthers facing the Cardinals and Denver facing Kansas City. I have uh, Arizona and Denver in the Super Bowl. What do you got, JT? As much as I, you know, Carolina versus. Arizona is very intriguing to me. Um, they're playing; they'll, they'll be playing that in Carolina. 
Very intriguing. Uh, I would have to, wow. I would have to go with Arizona and, wow. You know, this is real tough, man. Because I, I, if you get Arizona and Denver in the Super Bowl, I, I really like uh, uh, Arizona to win that. Um, because I think they're better on the offensive side than, than Denver, to tell you the truth. Um but that's what I see. If it goes as, as uh, we, we're talking about uh, Kansas City versus Denver and Denver winning that and taking that side of it, which is the AFC to the Super Bowl, and Arizona and Carolina meeting up in the NFC Championship and Carol, uh, uh, Arizona uh, taking the NFC representation to the Super Bowl, um, I like uh, Arizona um, to win it all. All right. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the moment you've all been waiting for, Jerry to eat some crow. But before he does that. Not much, buddy. We're talking about quarterbacks. Not much. Okay, let me go over my 10 IDPs real quick. So, Mm -hmm. I had Harrison Smith ranked number one. Harrison uh, did not fall at number one this year, um, but he was injury plagued this year. Um, no excuse. I can't. No excuse. Uh, I, I didn't say it was an excuse. However, mm-hmm. in the time that he did play, he did perform to the standard that he should have. But I had him at number one where he shouldn't have been. Uh, at least he didn't end up there at the end of the season. Number two, I had Jonathan Cyprin. Um I wrote here well, Jonathan is. Wait a minute. 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 You can't get off that easy. Where did Who's he wind up? About? Defensive back, not defensive player. Uh, but my Where number one defensive defensive back wind up at outside of the top ten. Okay, that's good. That's enough. good. That just that's good oh. enough. He, he, he could be way off. The, uh, he could be thirty five. He could be fifty. But you you just said outside the top ten, which is okay. That that's typical Vic Vicism. But go ahead. <laughs> okay So let's go with Jonathan Cyprin Okay Jonathan mm-hmm. Here's what I wrote about Jonathan At my number two And he did a, he okay. did end up in the top ten uh, okay. In the NFL Jonathan Cyprin is one of the few things That is right in Jacksonville He is very much like Smith But because his team is not often In the lead of games Jonathan is forced to make plays In all aspects of the game which he did. Um, he ended up in the top 10 of DBs uh, this season um, for tackles. Uh, now, he missed a couple games due to injury, but that didn't stop him from being a factor in every game. So that was a good play on mine. Rashad Jones, another one of my picks, ended up in the top 10. Uh, I had him number three. Morgan Burnett, another one of my picks, ended up in the top 10 at the end of the year, um, Cam Chancellor, though he did not end up in the top 10, he was impactful for that team. I did not count on him missing. No excuse. Uh, no excuse. Listen, no excuse. Listen, listen. There's no excuse. It's okay. Don't, try, don't As, try to excuse your way out of a, a, a pick that didn't wind up in the top 10. Listen, did he wind up in the top 10? Oh, my God. Did he wind no, up he in didn't. the top 10? I said no, he didn't. All right. Eric Weddle, Eric Weddle, a player that did not end up in the top 10, 
but he ended up in the top 15, um, which is acceptable because he could have been an honorable mention. Uh, Barry Church, yes, Barry Church ended up at number seven, if I'm not mistaken, and I had him ranked number seven of all safeties and DBs. Um, Tyvon Branch. Now, this was based on uh, Eric Berry not playing. So Tyvon Branch's production went down um, this year only because Eric Berry was there and he did uh, complete a lot of, of tackles that I thought Tyvon Branch would. But nonetheless, he ended up outside of the top 25. Tyron Matthew had him at number nine. I think he ended up at number four or number uh, five, actually, overall. So that was a good pick on my part. T.J. McDonald. T.J. ended up, uh, I believe, in the top 25, but he did not end up in the top 10. My honorable mentions, I start with Eric Berry. As I said earlier when I talked about Tyvon Branch, Eric Berry came in and uh, he's the heart and soul of that defense. Now, he was not a top 15 player, um, but because of his abilities um, at cornerback and at linebacker, he did not have to make many, many plays. The rookie DB on Kansas City did uh, because Eric didn't have to. Um, High Clinton Dix, also one of my honorable mentions, he did end up in the top seven. Um, Dante Whitner, um, he did not. Antron Roll and Rashard Breeland both uh, did not make it, I believe, in the top 20 or top 25, but uh, still some decent players. And overall, the majority of my top 10 ended up in the top 10. So that was uh, that was pretty fair on my part, I believe. Uh, it's not an exact science, but it did well. JT, go ahead and take over. And I can see three of your first, of your four, top four, were bust. Conversely, where well, well, one of my top four wait, was a bust. Wait, but go wait, ahead. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. See, I, I waited for you, and I didn't. I didn't dog you out. I just wanted to yes, find out. If, wait a minute. Just listen to what I'm saying. I just wanted to find out when you said your top one. Now you didn't say, well, he, he was my top one, but he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. He wasn't my top one at the end of the season. You never told the people where he ended up, and I wanted to do to clarify because because I'm going to do that. Okay, I'm going to do that. Oh my six goodness. Of, six out of my top ten picks were in the top ten. Eight out of my top 15 were in the top 15, and 10 of my t- top 20 were in were, were, were in there. Now, Aaron yeah, Rodgers. It's only 32 teams. It's only 32 teams. So you can't. And, and, and 32 Wait starting quarterbacks. So that's not Wait a big a accomplishment. That's not a big well, accomplishment. Six out of my top 10 is very good. Six out of my top 10 were within the top 10. Now, uh, you can oh, quibble about. Oh, my goodness. Couple guys that weren't there, which is fine. Which is fine. I understand that. My top pick, which was Aaron Rodgers. Your one, two, and four. I'm going to go down there. Wait a minute. I'm going to go down. According to ESPN, and that's what I'm taking. ESPN. My top pick was Aaron Rodgers. He finished seventh 
out of ESPN. My second was Andrew Luck. He finished 29th. My third was Russell Wilson, and that's where he wound up, number three. My fourth was Peyton Manning. He was 35th. Uh, uh, fifth was Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, he was 21st. My sixth was Matt Ryan. He was 19th. My seventh was Drew Brees. He would. I, he he did better than I thought. He did better than I thought he would. He was he was sixth. Eight Cam Newton. Uh, I had him ranked eighth. He wound up being top the top uh, uh, according to ESPN. Eli Manning. I had him at eight. He wound up nine, which is almost got, dead on. Yeah, Eli number nine. Hey, you have Eli listed as number nine. So he, you were right. He hey, was man. number nine. What I'm saying is I had Eli number nine, and he wound up number eight. That's what oh. I'm saying. Okay, because you said it backwards. Okay, I'm sorry. Ted, Tom Brady, I ranked him 10th. He wound up being the, the, the uh, uh, second um, best uh, quarterback in fantasy. Now, here's where it gets tricky, okay? Now, I'm going to go down to – It got to, tricky at the top. It got tricky at the top of this. No, it didn't. <laughs> go no, ahead. It didn't. No, it didn't. Go Six ahead. Six out of ten – that's pretty good. I mean, you, you can't account for injuries and and Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning and and, and, no, no, and no, no. Roethlisberger. Isn't that what you just told me? Isn't that what you just you told me? Isn't that what you told me? You you can't account for injuries. So uh, six out of ten is pretty damn good if I if I'm not mistaken. That's sixty percent. That's pretty good. And you, like I said, you out can't account. For Wait a minute. Let me finish. Let me finish. Okay. I didn't interrupt you. I let you go all the way. Now you That's okay. Though. Go ahead. I'm showing you. All, I'm showing you all my uh, uh, goofs in this, and you still wanted to interrupt me, but that's okay. Go I had ahead. Tony Romo at number eleven. He wound up the forty-second quarterback. Ryan Tannehill. I had him twelfth. He wound up seventeenth. Philip Rivers. I was almost dead on. He, I had him at thirteenth. He wound up twelfth. Uh, uh, same with Matthew Stafford. I had Stafford at. Uh, 14th, he wound up the 10th best quarterback in fantasy, top 10. Uh, I had Sam Bradford at 15th. He was just uh, he was just in my top within my top 25. He, he he wound up being the 24th best. I had Flacco at 16. He wound up being the 26th. I had Teddy Bridgewater at 17. He wound up being the 23rd. Colin Kaepernick, which is uh, I I would have to say that was probably my worst one. Um, he wound up being 31st. Jameis Winston, uh, he did better than I thought he would, and, and, and quite naturally better than you thought he would. Uh, I had him at 19th, and he wound up being the 13th best fantasy quarterback in, in, in and he as a rookie. Okay, and and uh, I had Carson Palmer. This is probably and I had talked Carson Palmer. Up, and I probably should have had him higher, uh, a lot higher. Maybe maybe was in the top 10. And this is probably my worst pick. Uh, uh, of putting him 20th when he wound up the best, best fantasy quarterback in, 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 all, in, in all of fantasy. I had Jay Cutler at 21st. I was almost dead on with him. He wound up being 20th. I had Andy Dalton at 22nd. Uh, he did a little better than I thought he would. He was 18th. I had Marcus Mariota at 23rd, and he wound up being 22nd. And I had Alex Smith at, at uh, uh, 24th, and he wound up being 16th. And, and Last but not least, and and and, and I really? do believe, <laughs> and, and I, and I do believe somebody really criticized him having this last guy number twenty five at number twenty five, and he was completely, complete, completely off the radar. wasn't even starting because he because of inept play. 
I had Robert Griffin twenty fifth. Look, I had Robert Griffin twenty fifth, and you lambasted me about Robert Griffin, and he was off the radar. So if you look at what I had here, I said my top ten picks, I had six right. My top fifteen had eight right. In the top 20, I had 10 right. Now, it's not an exact science, but 50% out of the top 20, that's pretty good. I, I, I mean, I, that's Hold not, on. Didn't I just say, pretty, I just said a very similar saying, and you were like, there's no excuse. There's no excuse. Oh, yeah, that's what you said, but it's okay. It's okay. There's we no, got to get out no of here. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So if you can land best, you, you can dog me on, on on the rankings, but from what I had here, I was pretty close to a, 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 the majority of the uh, players in the quarterback position. Now I'm going to go through running back and wide receiver and tight end on my show tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the uh, Master Plan. And uh, full disclosure here, there's no there's no trying to sugar sugarcoat anything, whether it was through injuries or or in that play. It's it's going to be all out there, and whether it's good or bad, it's going to be all out there. So tune in tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm going to go through all those positions from 1 to 25. I'm going to go through all the positions, and you'll see how far off I was or how almost dead on or dead on I was. You can join me if you like, Mr. Gardner. You know I'm not going to be able to, but I'm going to try. Actually, I might do it because I don't have to work Monday. But – you're going to end up doing it again right here on Saturday. Excuse. Silence, punk. Unless I'm sleeping. <laughs> but you won't with that be sleeping. being. It'll be 10 o'clock in the morning. I mean, 10 o'clock at night. You won't be sleeping. Yeah, well, dude, I'm sleeping by like nine. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. But, okay. but I, I'm going to try to get up for you. I, I really am. Because whatever you say on Sunday, I'm going to make sure I remember it because you're going to say it again on Saturday. We break down the divisional NFL divisional uh, conference championships, um, and then we'll get into our other areas live on air. I'll do linebackers and and defensive linemen, and Jerry may do uh, some of his other players as well. Uh, but with that being said, we want to thank you for listening to Fantasy Sports and Politics Saturday Edition. We are here. Uh, live and direct, JTATM Money. And it's me, it's me, Mr. FSP, doing what I do because I do it for you all day, every day. Um, I think we had a live show. I want to thank Jeff for calling in. It's good to have Jeff on the Saturday show. Um, almost like old times when all three of us were uh, on the show and uh, all we need is black. Black to be back. But uh, hey, that's all I got for you. You got anything else you want to say, JT? Oh, I got one more thing I want to say, JT. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your contribution to my title and my championship. You like that video? You like that? Yeah, I know you did. Anything else? You are a legend in your own mind. <laughs> That's all I'm say. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Be. I have to um, be. No, you don't it's have to, time. but you want yeah, <laughs> but I'm great. Ain't I great? All right, ladies and gentlemen, gotta get out of here. See ya.